I was thinking about that, and when Ben and Emma asked him to share this morning, I found it striking that what happens is this, is that when you read the accounts of the Gospels of concerning Jesus, actually you don't get an emphasis which is upon, which it could have been, perhaps all the pain, all the humiliation. What you do get, and I picked out on the video the pictures, people's responses to the cross. And Jesus' responses to people, even on the cross. His responses to people are actually stunning, and they are humbling. Yeah. And I want us to read, just there's no better way than to, to read the story, along with the pictures it helps us. So I've got a simple story for you. Whoever you've got your Bible, please turn to it. And um, turn to the Gospel of Luke, or press on the Gospel of Luke as it were, whichever you do. And just, if you're not familiar with this, I think most of us will be. But see with a little prayer in your heart, let's read the story again, as it were, and see people's responses to Jesus, and Jesus' res responses to people, even in the heights of pain and heights of pressure. We read in Luke 23 and verse 33, when they come to a place called Calvary, there they crucified him, Jesus, and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And they divided his garments, and they cast lots. And the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with him sneered and saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him so wine. And saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Don't you even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, the thief said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. What an incredible gospel we have. The, the theme for today is this, of course, Good Friday, which is a bit odd, really, when you think of what happened on Good Friday, because it's a really bad event. You might say a man dying, these three people dying and being executed. But... Here's the wisdom of God. What is, was a humiliation and something designed to disgrace someone and humiliate someone has lifted Jesus right up above all things. And so because of that death, we here today can experience life and assurance and God's forgiveness. Our response to the cross, however we find the cross, is important. How do you find it? I found that cross lost in the car park, as it were. I think sometimes we can lose some of the impact of the meaning of the cross. We 
can be familiar. We've sung the hymns, we've done the choruses, we've been to church, we've done the Good Fridays. If I asked you, I don't think I shall ask you, but how many Good Friday services have you done? What might you say? You've done quite a few. Yeah, we've done, and we, the worst we, we can be familiar with the cross. We can almost become familiar with the emblems which look nice, which kind of sanctify the cross. But it was a very ugly place. But somehow, because of Jesus, that ugly, dark, vicious place has become a place of glory. He took the dirt that I can receive the glory. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Come on. And so in our response, I'm challenging us about our response. Is it a negative response? One thief was negative. He was there. He had the opportunity. He could have responded to Jesus. Uh, he was in a place where pressure and pain, but he could have met with Jesus. But he didn't. But the other thing was positive, and he met with Jesus. So their response is Jesus responding himself. Let's just look at that. So the first thing is in our response, be aware of the king upon the cross. I love the fact that what was over that cross was a charge sheet. You know, they would nail the charge sheets to the cross. This is why that person is here dying this disgraceful death. They, they reserve the cross for the most disgraceful criminals. That, that's how much... Jesus loved you and I. And the writing was in all languages that people could understand. Yeah. So it's written in Greek and Latin and Hebrew. Yeah. And Greek was Koine Greek, which is the, the language of the common man, the, perhaps the Jew that would have been not necessarily born in that country, but had become a Jew. We're told in, in the Gospels that many people passed, passed by by the city and they saw the writing. This is the king of the Jews. We know that Pilate, he was asked to say, don't say this is the king. Say that actually Jesus said he was. I want to tell you here today that Jesus Christ on the cross is the king. Yeah, he is the king of glory. Yeah. He is the king that died for us. And, you know, a king on a cross? Goodness me, I thought the throne was the place for a king. But Jesus, the Son of God, gave himself to die upon a cross for us. And I believe that the writing in capitals, it would have been written by Pilate clearly, the charge sheet for Jesus is a publication for us. It says to us that for every person, whatever your language or your background or your type of personality or your education, whether you're old or whether you're young, wherever you've been, Jesus Christ loves you and he's king for you and he died for you. What an amazing king. Kings, we men of power, are men of domination, you feel sometimes? Men of manipulation, they play the power game. But Jesus is the king, that's different. And there his writing is written, we have the emblem speaking to us this morning, of the bread and of the wine, or, or the substitute for the wine. And that speaks of the king that dared to die a death upon a cross to save us and to set us free. The question is, what do you believe about Jesus? Why he's dying there, the king that was the king, he's dying there. It says to me, he's got a sovereign ability to meet the needs of every type of person. I want to say for everyone this morning that Jesus Christ can meet your need and he's never ever going to let you down. Some people say, well, I'm not the type to be a Christian. 
I want to tell you this, is that Jesus has every type of type you've got. Amen. Come on. And whatever, whether you're, you're, you're loud and quiet, whether you're intellectual, whether you're practical, wherever you've been, wherever you are, I want to say right from my heart that Jesus loves you this morning. Yeah, and on. that's why he died upon that cross. Come on. He reigns still despite the pain and the despair and the hatred and the bitterness and the darkness all around. Look at, look at where he is on that cross. There are people sneering at him, despising him. There are people brutalizing him. They've beaten his back. They stripped the skin from his back. And there are around people who gamble for his clothes. And there are horrible, ugly, sneering faces. But you know, Jesus describes what I might say is the altitude attitude. Because he rises above it all. He rises above the pressure and the pain and the disgrace. The word of God says he despised the shame. He despised the shame. And he endured the shame, went through all the pain to give us the gain, yeah, and he won salvation for us. Yes, come on. What a saviour he is. And that's the God that you know. He reigns and in your life this morning. I don't know how you've come. It's only human to come sometimes. Sometimes we come to services like this rejoicing. Sometimes there are secret pains in our heart and secret needs. And we really wonder in the depths of our heart, does Jesus really care so much about me? Yes, he died for the world. We love that text of John 3 and verse 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shan't perish but shall receive everlasting life. But that means every person in the world. And that includes you. And on that cross, despite the pressure, so we're aware of his kingdom, that he's the king for us. And on the cross... It's interesting, by him, there's two things. One gospel says very clearly that both of these reviled him. Some people say, isn't it a contradiction? What about this? Doesn't one thief repent? I believe both are absolutely right. They're actually on the board because here's a man that was crucified and dying, and as he saw Jesus and heard Jesus, and watched what he did, something happened in this man's heart. Yeah, come on. And you know, when you see Jesus, when there's one thing having a, a sense of opinions about the cross, and yes, I've read the doctrine, and I know the word, but when you, from your heart, and you see Jesus, what he is upon the cross, and how he died for you, and his love for you, something happens in the depth of your heart, and the depth of your spirit, yeah. and it changes you. Yeah. And this thing changed. He really did change. One thief that was very positive. From his criticism and his blasphemy, he changed. He began to be respectful. He began to be in awe. He was coming to a place of repentance. Yeah. And where was he? He was washed up. He was the lowest of the low. He had no chance. But here's the great thing. When you're washed up and when you've got no chance, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, lifts you up yeah, and changes you. Yeah. He's such a wonderful Saviour. He's such a wonderful God. This man was in awe. Many people had died upon a cross. This was not the first time people died upon crosses. But they hadn't seen anybody that died like Jesus. What happened was this. He, he said to people he cared about in self-forgetful love. In fact, he cared for his mum. What he said was this. He looked at John the disciple in Jesus loved, and he said to that disciple, look, there, there's your mum now. 
and, and, and there, there, there's your son. He was, he was in that place of pain and in that place of being far away, loving people and thinking of individuals. Yeah. What a God. What a Savior. There he is. And he's pouring out his blood. He looks at his mum and says, look, I'm taking care of you. He can only turn his head. He turns his head to the son and to the mother and he's loving people even there. Yeah. Aren't you glad that you're a Savior that loves people so much? Yeah. He doesn't just say you're one in a crowd. He says, I care about you and my hand reaches out to you. Yeah. My love reaches out to you. Yeah. So he's self-forgetful. It isn't easy when you've got needs of your own and pressures of your own. We all know we ought to love each other. Doesn't Jesus say, love one another as much as you know could. Yeah. He says, love one another as I have loved you. Yeah, come on. He never said, this is the new option I give to you. Yeah. This is the new opinion I give to you. Yeah, come on. This is something you might like when you feel like it and when you can do it. He said, this is my command I give to you. And I, aren't you challenged? I'm challenged. Yeah, come on. When I think of Jesus and the way he loves, he was self-forgetful. He didn't put his own needs first. Yeah. And that's the reality of Christianity when... And, and, and I'm challenged by that, that this sense of forsaking your own agendas, not just doing your thing, wanting not just your own way and your own stuff, but Jesus, there he is on that cross and he's thinking of other people. Yeah. He's abandoning his self-line and he's come to a place of self-forgetfulness yeah. by the power of God. But I know you might say, well, Jonathan, that's tough on us because we're not the Son of God. But you know, by the grace of God, the Son of God lives in you. Yeah. And we can begin to love more and more like him. He's forgiven even the people that hurt him. Yep. Wow. He says, forgive them, Father, but they're acting in ignorance. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that if it's, and all the people around are hearing him. These, these thieves are hearing him. The centurion that's going to say something later is hearing him. They're responding to him. They've never seen anybody do that. In that excruciating pain, he's forgiven the people that did him. Here's the reality around this table and in this cross. That I want to say to you, if even in the church, and even as a Christian, if people have never hurt you, well, that is a very rare thing, isn't it? Yeah. Hurts do come. Yeah. Misunderstandings do come. Christians, although they should be loving, kind, like Jesus everywhere, sometimes I have to confess, I, I am not. And so we need to have a sense of saying, well, Lord, I am prepared to forgive people that have hurt me. And to be honest, sometimes saying, Lord, I'm not willing to be, but I'm willing to be made willing. And if somebody has hurt you, and it does happen, be prepared to extend forgiveness. Ask God to help you with it. But around this table, it's such a dynamic that as I come, I remember how much I've been forgiven, that Jesus Christ has taken all my sins away because of that cross. Yeah. The Bible says this, uh, as far as the, my sins are buried, they're buried in the depth of the sea. As far as the east is from the west, so far are my sins removed from me. Yeah, he's taken my shame and my sins yeah. and my dirt and my rotten stuff and he's set me utterly free. Yeah, come on. I can't get excited on Good Friday, can I? <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. And... and the reality is, I need to be refreshed in that. 
I need to consider again how fantastic it is that Jesus Christ should die for me and die that death for me and take my sins away. Forgiveness. An awesome sense of his innocence. Now, the dying thief said this. This man has done nothing wrong. He's done nothing wrong. What's he there for? I mean, there were two thieves. There were two robbers. Robbers suggested to me in another gospel that perhaps there was some violence. Perhaps they'd stolen things with some violence. And thieves, they, they take opportunities, don't they, to steal. This one thief saw another opportunity to get right with God. And he started to respond. And he said, what is he doing here? Why, why is he crucified? And if you ask that question, why such a death for Jesus? He done nothing wrong. Well, what is that for? These others, they deserve that in a sense. That was the punishment for Jesus. Dying like that? The Bible says very clearly here in his love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and gave his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. I should have been there. I should have been on that cross. But Jesus substituted for me and he substituted for you. Such is his, his love. And he poured out his blood and he poured out his life and he did it right through. And he could say, it is finished. Yep. He's finished off my sins yep. and completed my life. And that is your privilege and that is your joy and the wonderful thought this morning coming into God's presence. There's forgiveness. There's love. An awesome place. And the cross is an awesome place. It, it, it lasted from midday for several hours. And as Jesus died, what happened was this. There was darkness. There was an earthquake. The rocks broke. Yeah. And the man who was a hardened soldier who supervised the execution says of this. Wow. This must have been the Son of God. Yeah. And graves were open, and the power of God came. And Jesus died, and when he died, we're told that the temple curtain was torn in two. That big, thick, heavy curtain, folded over several curtains, was torn in two. And that says to us, for every person, including the dying thief, including the robber, and the person who thinks they're far away, I can go right into God's presence, right into where God is, and I can enjoy Him, you can enjoy Him, remember every language, you may be a quicker learner, you might be a bit slower, like me in some ways, but God can actually bring to you life as you go into His presence, and you can enjoy Him. If you think that's true, could you encourage me and say amen to that? Yes. What a God, and what a Savior. What a Lord. Awesome place, awesome cross. But there's something that happens at that cross. And I find this so exciting for everyone. The one criminal had a positive response. He made a personal positive response and he articulated it. Wow. I'm sure the soldiers watching had never seen that before. He turned his head, because of course he could not turn any limb. He turned his head and he read the sign and he read the notice. He saw King, King of the Jews. And he says this, remember not everybody, but remember me when you come into your kingdom. Yeah. Wow. Now, the encouraging thing with that is he probably didn't understand a lot. He's probably a bit like Martha, you know, that, he, that um, a friend of Jesus and he went to a home and, and there were two sisters that, that, that loved Jesus. Their brother died. 
And Jesus went and, and he resurrected their brother when he was dead three days. Amazing. And, and, and Jesus asked the sister a question, grieving for her dead brother. Do you believe in the resurrection? Do you believe this? And she said, I believe that people will rise at the last day. Kind of a bit vague. A bit kind of out there somewhere. But I tell you this, the thief probably responded a bit like that. He had partial knowledge, but he had a spark of faith. He had a spark of something. And as he had this spark of something and this spark of faith, something happened in his life. And the instant he responded in faith, even there, Jesus, our wonderful Savior, met him and transformed his life. Yeah. I want to say this to everyone, uh, and thank God for this church. Thank God for this altitude, attitude, as it were. That Jesus, whoever comes into this place, he can save the dying thief, he can save the desperate criminal, but he can save every type of person that comes in here yeah, and set them free and redeem them and give them joy and hope and glory. Even when there's no hope, even when there's death, and even when they're far away, God can save them and transform them and bless them and give them resurrection glory instead of the dirt and the shame. He despised the shame and he can raise them up. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? amazing. Come on. And you and I get a part in this. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you, it does excite me. It, the sense of being part of a, this freshness where we can share in the gospel of Jesus Christ and see people who have no hope have hope. Because this thief had no hope. Yeah. And he was restored. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. The tragedy was the other thief did not. He did. And Jesus' response is so brilliant to me. He didn't say, well, sometime soon you may. Yeah. What he says is this, assuredly, yes, positively, today you'll be with me in paradise. Yeah. When you respond to Jesus with a spark of faith and go a little way, he goes miles and miles yeah. to you. And he'll bless you. Remember me, he said. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And the reality was the kingdom was taking place there. And as soon as he responded, Jesus gave him this answer. With me in paradise, he knew God's presence with me. And this, today, what can happen for you is this. You may have come into this building not really knowing a personal relationship with Jesus. Not really knowing. You might have heard a bit about God and done some Bible concepts. And, but God not with you. But when you come into this sense of, yeah, you're real, Jesus. You're really real. You can ask him in, and the second you ask him in, I mean, you don't have to understand lots of Bible. You don't have to understand loads of things. But when you really sincerely trust God, as this man did, he was simple. He was honest. He was real. And the second he was real like that, Jesus came in and came to him, and he was forgiven, and something happened in his life. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Well, paradise was a garden of delights. But here's the encouraging thing. That when you respond to Jesus around this table today, when we come to him and open our hearts to him, there is a delight to be found, there's a peace, and there's a joy that words fail to describe. It's better, somebody says, it's better felt than tell than it is. Paradise is a garden of delights. And it means that then this man was sure of going to heaven. Now, the old hymn writer talks about that the dying thief rejoiced to see a 
fountain in this day. And that meant a cleansing of Christ's blood. And then he knew he was going to heaven. I want to ask you, Jeremy, do you personally know, not just hope, not just suppose that you're going to heaven this morning, that Jesus can give you that confidence and that hope, and that sense of his presence too, that this died being found. And in this, these emblems, as we come and open our hearts to him, there's this sense of a fresh anointing and a fresh invasion of God's presence into my life. I can give him all my hurts. I can give him my pains. I can give him my doubts. I can surrender my fears. And I can give him with sincerity everything. And God will come afresh and new to me. When he's blessed the dying thief in that way, he says to us, he can bless every one of us and others we are praying for in amazing ways. He can reunite families and bless them. And the centurion says this, surely this man was the son of God. Not in this gospel, but in other gospels it says that. A righteous man. And our confession this morning as we come can be, I acknowledge you, Jesus. I bow the knee. And just as I'm closing this, I'll be prepared for communion. There's a glorious verse in Hebrews that says this, that Jesus, he took him upon himself the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of an Although he was in the form of God, although he was the, the God on the throne, he came down and he took upon himself the form of a servant, and he died upon a cross, even the death of the cross. Then it says, because he died the death of the cross, he despised the shame. That every knee will bow. That every knee in heaven and under the earth and around the earth, every knee will bow to Jesus. And I want to encourage each one of us, as we come, as, as Ben in a moment takes us on from here, that we all really bow the knee to Jesus again. That as we get a glimpse of his cross, the king on the throne, came to a cross, I'm prepared to say, Jesus, I commit and surrender my life to you. Whatever you want of me, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, Jesus, I'll do it. Yeah. Because you are the king. And I see the writing for me.